Welcome to Room 106. I'm Richard Garlick from Planning Magazine. And I'm John Gagan, also from Planning Magazine. Every fortnight we enter Room 106, the underbelly of unease into which all new planning information is deposited, and extract the key things you need to know. I'd normally say that it's thankless work, but the Professional Publishers Association last month voted us as Podcast of the Year, so we're not going to grumble about it anymore. For a week or so, anyway. Right, on to this week's key news items. Yes, an influential parliamentary committee has warned that the government's 300,000 home year housing target would be impossible to achieve under its proposed changes to the National Planning Policy Framework. We'll explain how they came to that conclusion. And speaking of the NPPF revisions, Housing Secretary Michael Gove has confirmed that they will not appear until at least September. We'll ask when they are likely to finally be published. The government's new infrastructure levy is intended to replace existing methods of securing money from developers to pay for infrastructure and affordable housing. Ministers have now said councils will be able to require developers to pay some of their contributions to the levy in kind. We'll explain the details. And we'll also round up some of the other big news stories of the past fortnight. By the end of the show, you'll be comfortable, even if cornered, by the council leader at the borough's country fair. So, ready to go in? Okay. Well, here we are again in room 106. It's as grim looking as ever. Yes, let's see if we can find some friendly faces. Oh, well, our online editor Toby Porter is here. Hello, Toby. Hi, folks. Toby, can I start by asking you about the delay to the timetable for finalising the MPPF revisions? Can you remind listeners what the proposed revisions included and when they were originally due to be implemented? The most significant change proposes weakening the requirement for English councils to meet local housing need figures calculated by a government set method. So councils have been left in limbo on how to proceed with their local plans with no confirmed timetable. The Department of Leveling Up Housing Communities on the 22nd of December published draft changes to the MPPF alongside a consultation outlining these and other planning alterations. The department said at the time that the finalised revisions will be published this spring and that it will respond to the consultation at the same time. So what's the delay? Well, the government's finalised revisions to the MPPF will be delayed until at least September. It's been confirmed. Housing Secretary Michael Gove revealed the delay in an answer at the Local Government Association's conference in Bournemouth last week. Now, we've had it confirmed by a spokeswoman at the department that the delay will be at least till September. She told planning the timetable for publication revisions will depend on parliamentary time, but will be after summer recess, so from the earliest September. And she believed the response won't be published until after the levelling up and regeneration bill gets assent. Okay, and how has that gone down in the sector? Well, we've spoken to some developers and consultants about it. Developers fear the process could drag on into the winter. One said that the bill could be delayed in the Lords until November because the party conferences are getting in the way. That would lead to further delay and uncertainty and more councils holding out in the hope that changes make their local plans easier. That's in the view of the house builder. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And the house builders carried on to say that they thought it was gumming up the system, 
Uh, there might even be further changes to the MPPF, leading to a need for further consultation. And you might go past Christmas at that rate and into the nine or ten months before a general election. At this rate, the developer feared it might even go into 2025. We also spoke to the communications director at the Home Builders Federation, who said the hiatus caused by this rudderless approach to housing policy has already seen 58 local authorities pause their housing plans. And they thought that this further uncertainty will undoubtedly now result in more following suit. And the context to what he's saying is that the rate at which local plans are being published and submitted for examination fell to a record low in the first half of 2023, according to data from the Planning Inspectorate. Thanks very much for that, Toby, and uh, look forward to seeing you down here again soon. Me too. Okay, well, um, turning to you now, John, of course, the, the ironic thing about this is, is that the house builders and other developers and many other people see a damaging impact from this delay to the finalisation of the MPPF. And yet, at the same time, there are some very authoritative, influential voices saying that if implemented as drafted, the MPPF revisions will actually make it even harder to build the amount of housing that is needed in this country. Yeah, to tell us a bit about your, um, your story about that. Last week, the Leveling Up Housing Communities Select Committee published its report into the government's proposed changes to the MPPF, which were published just before Christmas and um, Toby has just spoken about. Well, one of the most headline-grabbing recommendations is that the government's 300,000-home annual national housing target will be, in the words of the committee report, impossible to achieve if the proposed changes to the MPPF go ahead. The report stated that it had heard evidence from many stakeholders that the government's proposal to weaken the requirement for councils to meet local housing need figures in their local plan housing targets, which um, is one of the most significant changes that's proposing, and also its proposal to remove the requirement for authorities to continually demonstrate a five-year housing land supply will render the national housing target impossible to achieve. The committee also urged the government to publish its own comprehensive analysis on the impact of the MPPF changes on the 300,000 homes a year national target and said it should commit to targets that are in line with this commitment to aid transparency and accountability. Okay. Any other key recommendations in there? Yes. I mean, the report was very wide-ranging, so a whole host of recommendations. It also found that the government's standard method formula for calculating local housing need is not fit for purpose. It says the formula, which is based on the 2014-based household projections, focuses house building in areas where economic activity is already high and includes an arbitrary 35% uplift for urban centres. So it says that this urban uplift, which applies to London and the other biggest urban areas of England, should be abolished and the standard method should be revised so it takes account of future local need, encourages regeneration across the country and applies fairly to all authorities and also works towards delivering the annual national target of 300,000 homes a year. 
Other recommendations were on areas including the new alignment test, which is due to replace the duty to cooperate, local authority resourcing, and the new infrastructure levy, which I'm going to talk about in more detail later. And in particular, it's also critical of what it calls the trend of stop-start planning reform in recent years, which it directly links to this issue of the 50-plus local authorities that have paused or withdrawn their local plans in recent months. It says the government has not been clear on the timetable for many of its planning consultations and when its reforms will be implemented. And this, of course, is a a big complaint across the planning and development sectors. Okay, so they're reinforcing the concerns about delays to the MPPF revisions and and other aspects of the government's planning programme. As you say, it's a a very, very wide-ranging report. You mentioned um, local authority resourcing, which has been a massive issue for the sector in recent years. What did the report say about that? Yes, well, this was very interesting. Our listeners probably remember that in the dim and distant past, when the Planning for the Future White Paper was published almost three years ago now, the government promised to develop what it called a comprehensive resources and skills strategy for the planning sector. They said this would support the implementation of its reforms. And it wanted local planning authorities to be able to perform what it called proactive plan making and world-class civic engagement. And that strategy was promised later in the year. So this is back in 2020. And that promise has been reiterated in recent years that this strategy would be published. But what the committee found was that they concluded that the plans for this strategy appears to have been scrapped by the government It said that, to quote from the report, it appears that the government no longer intends to publish the resources and skills strategy for the planning sector, which it first promised in 2020. It said that since 2022, which was the last commitment from the government to publish the strategy, ministers and government officials have failed to produce any meaningful update or confirmation that the strategy would still be published. And it called for the government to publish this strategy for the planning sector in line with its commitment to the committee And it stressed the the whole problem of resourcing morale, which is facing local planning authorities, which we've spoken about in depth on the the podcast many times before. And how has the department responded to those comments and indeed the findings more generally? Yes, well, on the kind of the main thrust of the report, particularly this issue of the national housing target, a department spokesperson said that the government's still committed to its ambition of delivering 300,000 homes per year and to retaining a clear starting point for calculating local housing needs. They said the best way to live more homes is having more up-to-date local plans in place. Local planning authorities are the best place to identify sites where homes can be delivered to meet local needs, and we expect them to make sufficient provision for housing. So, interesting, they're reiterating the um, the national housing target because there's all... They had to appear to go have gone soft on it in the autumn, but um, they've reiterated that commitment now several times since the turn of the year. In terms of the resourcing and skills strategy, we asked the housing department for comments about that, but we've yet to get a response. In the report, the committee said that it it did ask ministers about this issue, but it was directed by the government to other measures that it consulted on or implemented, such as the proposal to increase planning application fees earlier this year, which it's consulted on as well as funding of placements across the sector and other cross-sector programmes. 
But the committee saying wasn't happy with this response and said that none of these constitute a comprehensive resources and skills strategy for the planning sector. And none of it matches the scale of the resourcing challenge which local planning authorities currently face. There will be a lot of the people in the sector who feel that that comprehensive strategy, which is very badly needed, hasn't yet emerged. So uh, it's disappointing to hear that the, the committee feel that it's um, that it, it may have been abandoned. Okay, well, thank you very much for that, John. And then on to your other story that you're uh, covering um, this week. Yes. Yeah, so last week, the government put forward a series of changes to some of the planning measures in its levelling up and regeneration bill, which is currently being considered by the House of Lords. And most significant were the revisions in relation to its proposed new infrastructure levy. And these changes are yet to be voted on by peers. So what did the amendment say that would change the, uh, the way the infrastructure levy would work? Yeah, so the government, just to sort of briefly recap on what the levy is, it wants the levy to replace the current developer contribution system, currently involving Section 106 agreements and the community infrastructure levy. It wants to create a more systematic process. And unlike SIL, this the new levy would be mandatory for all councils to apply. That was the the idea in the original bill. So one of the amendments allows local authorities that charge, when they they start charging the new levy, to include provision of on-site affordable housing. And this was something previously um, that wasn't wasn't allowed for in the bill. Another amendment is designed to ensure that the levy delivers at least as much affordable housing as the existing system of developer contributions. The House of Lords levelling up Minister Baroness Scott said that charging authorities must seek to ensure, when she was tabling this amendment, she said charging authorities must seek to ensure that the level of affordable housing which is funded and provided by developers is maintained or exceeded. So it strengthens the wording of the bill. So previously it just said that it was desirable for charging authorities to maintain the existing level of affordable housing. So it's it's, it's, it's sort of beefing up that requirement. So one other very significant change is that authorities will be disapplied from the duty to comply with the levy if the council considers that doing so would make development in an area economically unviable. So obviously there there are large swathes of the country where um, they haven't implemented SIL for this reason. So, you know, that could be interesting. That could see a lot of councils potentially opt out and another further amendment creates a duty for the levelling up secretary to prepare reports to Parliament on the effects of the levy on the funding and provision of affordable housing. And what happens next? So last week, the bill started its report stage in the House of Lords. And after this, it has its third reading, which is the final stage before it returns to the House of Commons, where it would get royal assent eventually. OK, well, thank you very much for that. And um any other news stories to sort of mop up from the last seven days? Yes, there's been lots of big news stories in the past week. The Transport Secretary has, for a second time, gone against the recommendation of examining inspectors and approved plans for a controversial road tunnel through the Stonehenge World Heritage Site. And this is despite the inspectors finding that the scheme would cause substantial harm and would strongly outweigh its overall benefits which is why they recommended that it be refused. In other news, Bolton Council has agreed to pay a developer's legal bill of almost half a million pounds for what an inspector called its irrational and injudicious decision to refuse plans for a 1,000-home golf course scheme on Greenbelt land, and this decision was taken against the advice of officers. 
sounds like they should have watched our um, webinar about how officers and members can work together uh, to avoid making um, decisions that don't stand up at appeal. Yes, that would have perhaps saved them a lot of money. So elsewhere, the Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, is reportedly minded to introduce measures to ease the development logjam, which has been caused by rules protecting waterways from nutrient pollution. That's according to newspaper reports on the ongoing nutrient neutrality saga. The High Court has overturned a permission by Uttlesford District Council in Essex for a housing development on the edge of a village after a judge ruled that the officers' reports of planning committee members contained misleading advice and flawed logic. And finally, a planning inspector has refused a request by Tandridge District Council in Surrey to further delay the long-running examination of its draft local plan and criticised its inaction and lack of engagement. And he's indicated that his preferred option is to conclude the process and find the strategy unsound. So that's more on this issue of local plans being delayed and uh, withdrawn. Fantastic. Okay. well, thank you very much for all of that, John. And uh, of course, all of those stories can be read in more detail on uh, planningresource.co.uk. Well, I think our work is done. Let's get out before there are any more announcements or decisions. Great. That's another fortnight summarised. Yes. We'll be back with a bonus edition next week. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe wherever you normally get your podcasts and to get a daily bulletin of planning news plus weekly analysis and specialist bulletins, subscribe at planningresource.co.uk. Our thanks to producers Nav Pal from Haymarket Business Media and Daisy Chaku from Rethink, and thanks for listening. See you next time.